Well, good morning. What a beautiful fall morning. It's a little chilly out there this morning, so it's kind of reminding us of what's coming, I think, but uh, a little refreshing anyway, a little, little brisk uh, this morning. I want to take just a moment to uh, welcome any visitors who may be with us. I know we do have a few people here who are uh, attending the wedding last night and uh, are joining us for Mass this morning, so we welcome you as well as uh, those who are watching us uh, via live stream this morning. We're always glad to have you with us. In our gospel story today, we have an interesting situation. We have two opposing groups trying to entrap Jesus, trying to trick him or deceive him so that they could uh, find something to bring against him, some charges against him. And the first group, of course, is the Pharisees, the strict observers of the law. And they were uh, very much interested in, in hearing what Jesus had to say on this question of paying the census tax. And then, of course, the Herodians, who were loyal to King Herod, and were very much in line with the Roman law. And so Jesus puts himself in kind of an awkward spot with these two opposing groups. If he um, says that it is lawful to pay the census tax, then the Pharisees are going to use that information against him with the people. And if he says it's not lawful to pay that tax, then, of course, the Herodians are going to be able to bring that information to the Romans and, and perhaps bring charges against Jesus. So he's in kind of an awkward spot with this questioning that's going on. But the answer that he gives clarifies that there is sort of a hierarchy of our responsibilities. To pay to Caesar what is, belongs to Caesar suggests that we all have a responsibility as citizens to follow the laws of our country. But then he says, repay to God what belongs to God. And we know as Christians that we have a higher calling, that higher calling to respond to God's call in our life. And we know that Jesus was frustrating the people of his time. He was kind of turning things on their end, if you will, by the way that he was preaching and speaking. He was considered a rebel, and people were looking for ways to try to trip him up. Jesus gave us a new commandment. He said, love one another as I have loved you. My brothers and sisters, we are keepers of the kingdom of God here on earth. And every day we are called to be the hands and the feet of Christ to those that we meet in this world. And that means we go beyond just the regular regulations that we might be required to follow as citizens to reach out in charity and love to our brothers and sisters. Well, what does that look like in real life, in our everyday lives? I want to give you a, a couple of examples this morning. The first one is a single mother. This is a single mother who is raising four children on her own, and she receives a subsidy every month to help with the food needs of her family. And unfortunately, that money doesn't last until the end of the month. By about the 20th or so of the month, she's running low. And that subsidy doesn't pay for everything she needs. She can't buy diapers, for example, and other supplies. So a church adopts this family. They adopt this woman and her four children, and they assist her with her food need at the end of the month, as well as giving her a voucher so she can purchase diapers and the other things she needs. 
And Jesus said, when I was hungry, you gave me food. A little kindergartner comes to school on a cold day and doesn't have a warm coat or a hat or any mittens. And the teacher gets irritated with his child. Why don't you have the things that you need? We're going to be going outside. And so she sends the child down to the principal's office. And the principal sees past uh, what's, what's on the surface and says, this little boy needs a coat and a hat. It isn't his fault that he doesn't have these things. And so she goes in the closet and finds a suitable coat and a hat and a pair of mittens for him. When I was naked, you clothed me, said the Lord. Or the elderly neighbor, a woman who sits in her front room window for much of the day, looking out at the world from her chair, very lonely, very sad, very much in need of people to come in and help her so she can sustain herself. And as she looks out the window, she looks for those little children running by, and you can see a little smile on her face or the birds that come by the window. And her daughter comes once a week to bring her groceries and bring her medicine. And her daughter drops off three or four bags of groceries and quickly puts things away. But she doesn't have time to sit and visit with her mother. And so there's this loneliness. And the neighbor next door notices that this woman seems to be lonely. She sees her in front of the window every day. And so she makes it her practice to go over once or twice a week with some cookies and some coffee just to sit and visit with her for an hour or so. And it makes so much difference. When I was lonely, you visited me. The pandemic that we're living with right now has dramatically changed the way that we live, the way that we relate to one another. And some of that has been very difficult for us, right? We're living in this new time and we've had to make adjustments and changes. But some of it has been so wonderful in the way that God has used this difficult thing to turn things around a little bit for us. One of the things that I was delighted to hear in the last couple of weeks, I was talking with a priest friend of mine who has a school as part of his parish responsibility, and he told me that the enrollment is way up in the school. Parents are enrolling their children because they don't want to have their children in the public school where they're doing the distance learning right now. They want that in-person classroom. They want that teaching with a teacher and classmates. And just imagine what God is going to do with this. Not only are these children getting educated, the book learning that they need, but they're getting a spiritual formation. And how is that going to change them and change their families? We know that families are sitting down together at the dinner table. And some families, this is the first time that maybe they've done that. And so they're sitting down together and preparing a meal together, enjoying that time together and sharing with one another, which is what mealtime should be. What a beautiful thing God is doing there. And for those of us who've been working from home, I've been working from home for seven or eight months now, and it took me a little while to get used to it, and now I really like it. And one of the things I like about it is that I don't have to get in my car every morning and drive to work. And so I'm saving money on gas, and we're all saving the environment because we're not out on those roads as much, driving, especially in the early morning hours. 
cutting back on food costs, things like that. How is that going to change our world, I wonder, in the next few months? We are keepers of the kingdom here on earth. We're required to follow the laws that our government imposes, but we're also accountable to God for a higher law, to love God and to love our neighbor. And so it's a requirement for us to go beyond what society offers to reach out in charity to our brothers and sisters. I was thinking about this this past week and thinking about the fact that maybe we would consider making a pledge this morning. Consider making a pledge to be keepers of the kingdom. And I want to suggest to you there are three very simple things that we can do every single day to be keepers of God's kingdom. And the first of those is to pray the rosary every day. The rosary is one of the most powerful prayers that we have. The rosary has stopped wars. It's brought healing to people. It has brought nations under the protection of our Blessed Mother. It is a very, very powerful prayer. It takes about 20 minutes to pray five decades of the rosary. And so I want to encourage you, if that isn't part of your practice to consider taking up praying the rosary every day. The second thing is to look beyond yourself, all of us, to look beyond ourselves. There is need all around us. I talked with somebody after Mass this morning who said, you know, I saw this older gentleman the other day. He was walking, kind of pacing back and forth, and I was going to walk by. I was busy. I had a lot of things on my schedule. And God said, no, wait a minute. Stop and talk to him. So she stopped for a few minutes and spoke to this gentleman, and she prayed with him. And it made all the difference in the world. And it probably took two minutes of her time in a very busy day to look beyond ourselves. And finally, to give thanks to God. You know, when we give thanks for the blessings of our lives, we are oriented to the one who gives us those blessings. And our heart enlarges, and we are so much more able to give to our brothers and sisters because of this gratitude that we have in our heart. At every Eucharist, we bring what's in our heart and we place it here on this altar to be offered up with our sacrifice. What are you holding in your hearts this morning that you want to give to the Lord? I have three things on my heart this morning. I'd like to share those with you. The first is a sad thing. We had a death this week in our family that affected my son and my daughter-in-law. It was a cousin of my daughter-in-law, a girl that she had grown up with. They were almost like sisters growing up. 34 years old, she got liver failure. And just when they had found a liver uh, to transplant, she got the COVID virus, and she died this week. On Friday, just a couple of days ago, we had a new child born into our family, a new nephew, baby Benjamin. They waited 10 years, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, for this child to come. And on Friday, baby Benjamin came. Praise God. Last Saturday, my wife and my family and I celebrated, Anne and I celebrated 40 years of marriage last week. And praise God, we've been through 
all kinds of things, as every married couple has, good things and challenging things. We have seven beautiful children and seven beautiful grandchildren. It was so wonderful to thank God for all of that last week. My brothers and sisters, we are called to be keepers of the kingdom. Let us ask God to show us the ways in which he wants us to reach out to our brothers and sisters this week. And let us not be afraid. Amen.